Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. John Morant was ascending to the top of the NBA mountain before off-the-court troubles knocked him off the path. Can he return to walk it once again? He'll have to find his footing as his team tries to hold on to the number two seed in the West and not let this distract them from title hopes. Also, this is the most wonderful time of the basketball season in college, and the Suns can survive without Kevin Durant. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. It has been a strange and troubling week or two for the Memphis Grizzlies, and maybe longer if we're going beyond the John Morant of it all. But on Thursday night, they get a 131-110 win over the Golden State Warriors in a game Memphis Needs because the Phoenix Suns have Kevin Durant. They are lurking just behind Memphis in the standings. Joe Mullinax from Locked On Grizzlies joins me now. And and Joe, let's start with the John Morant piece of this because he is um, not going to be with the team, at least for the foreseeable future. We don't know what that means. So where where are the Grizzlies right now in, in a playoff chase in however you want to frame this? Because there's a lot of... I think esoteric questions about where the Grizzlies frame of mind is right now with everything going on with John Morant. Esoteric. That's a fantastic word. <laughs> um, I, I want to start off by saying that right now they're in a great place because they won. They beat right. the Golden State Warriors on Thursday night. And Winning that helps. was a much needed win. It was like giving a starving man a, a double down sandwich. I know we're not sponsored by KFC, but shout but out. We'd to love to be. Downs. We would, yeah, love, we to would be. love to. This Locked on Grizzlies, hook, hit me up with a lot, double down. I'll give you a good sponsorship. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, as far as Ja, first and foremost, it's about him as a young person, mm. right? Like, I, I don't want to belittle, you know, the things that he's done. He's obviously made mistakes, but he's also a young man. I don't know how you were at 23, Peter, but I know that I made some dumb choices. He has the weight of the world in terms of endorsements and all these sorts of things. And again, he signs contracts, right? He acknowledges that he has this platform and he's trying to use it to generate generational wealth. He should be held accountable for the mistakes that he's made. But first mm. and foremost, you know, just caring about the well-being of a young person who's clearly going through something. Uh, that's that's where I want to start. Hopefully he's getting the help that he needs. Again, doesn't excuse the decisions he made, whether you want to call it him being away from the team, him being suspended, whatever it is. It's deserved, and he should not be worried about basketball right now. He should be worried about himself. Um, but as far as a basketball kind of thing, uh, you know, a lot has been made in the past of the Grizzlies being better without John Morant, which obviously mm. is not true. But in terms of having the best backup point guard in the NBA and Tyus Jones, I think that is true. Yeah, and and as you mentioned, John Morant, one of the incandescent superstars in the NBA, we hope – that that whatever is going on in his personal life and, and and anything that that you know trickles into the basketball arena, we think he's been a model teammate by all accounts. He has done everything that the Grizzlies have asked him to do. We hope that that he can get on track here. This is interesting, though. You mentioned this idea that that gr the Grizzlies are better without John Morant. They won an absurd amount of games without him last season, right? That's where this came from. And I actually wonder if the vibes part of this 
works to their advantage in some way with the understanding that this is a very serious set of allegations against John Morant. Police had to get involved, though. He's not going to face charges in this alleged gun incident. But it seems like the Grizzlies are a team, a young team, a hungry team that might be better as an underdog, better as a team that is having to play with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and that maybe front running as a top of the conference contender just doesn't fit the personality of this team. What do you think about that idea? Well, you got to remember they're one of the youngest teams in the NBA, right? I think right. they're the third, the third youngest team in the entire league. They were fifth, and then they traded away super old Danny Green, at least super <laughs> old for the NBA, Danny Green. I think he's the same exact age as me. Uh, same. I think he's my um, age as well, yeah. So I, I think that the reality is it's a gift and a curse of that youth, right? On one hand, they're not at their ceiling yet. They are not where they should be in terms of being an NBA championship contender. And yet they're still, when healthy, an NBA championship contender. Now, they're not going to be healthy the rest of the season. Brandon Clark blows out his Achilles, which is bad for a variety of reasons. Steven Adams just recently got an additional treatment on his injured knee. And it doesn't make sense out loud when you say that Steven Adams is extremely important to the Grizzlies offense. But because of his screening, because of his offensive rebounding, he matters a lot. And they're not going to have Adams back until the playoffs, it seems. So obviously they're going to miss Jaw. But without Adams, without Clark, this idea of the team being better without Ja is probably going to look even more silly. Now, one of the things that the Grizzlies have going for them is they have one of the easiest, if not the easiest, remaining schedules in the entire NBA. So the furthest Memphis will fall is the four seed. Stay up to date all here on the Memphis Grizzlies by following Locked On Sports today and Locked On Grizzlies on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, there's so many storylines in college basketball right now, but we pinpoint the biggest ones. Before we do that, the Houston Texans are getting in trouble for Deshaun Watson again. The midway point in the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. We can also look ahead to who's favored to win the NBA title. FanDuel has the Grizzlies with the sixth best odds at 16 to 1. Wonder if that will change when John Morant returns. If John Morant returns. You can also combine multiple prop bets in one game into a same game parlay for an even bigger payout. So don't miss the chance. To get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to Fandle.com slash locked on. That's Fandle.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fandle, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Houston Texans will forfeit their original fifth-round selection in the 2023 NFL Draft and have been fined $175,000 for a salary cap reporting violation involving former quarterback Deshaun Watson. This in an announcement on Thursday. The NFL determined that the Texans provided Watson compensation in the form of a membership at an alternative athletic facility in 2020, early in the COVID-19 pandemic. The Texans say they absorbed over $26,000 in costs for player benefits in the use of alternative athletic facilities. The team said it understands that amount should have been charged instead to players' salaries. According to the collective bargaining agreement, teams must report any player compensation or benefit. The Texans believe the payment didn't provide any salary cap advantage and viewed it as an accounting error. 
And although this was not part of the NFL's findings in this case, it is worth noting that Deshaun Watson was accused by more than 20 women of inappropriate sexual contact as it relates to massage therapy. This raises important questions about what the Texans knew and why they would allow Deshaun Watson to get treatment at an alternative athletic facility. It may have nothing to do with the allegations against Deshaun Watson, but we deserve transparency. Those women deserve transparency about why this happened and what actually went on. Free agent wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. will be holding a workout for NFL teams on Friday in Arizona. The 30-year-old Beckham missed all of this past season due to a torn ACL that occurred in last year's Super Bowl. He did go on a free agent tour in which he visited New York, Dallas, and Buffalo late in the season. The Giants are among teams expected to be represented at the workout, which will be an opportunity for Beckham to show teams where he's at physically. It's been 13 months since the injury. An MRI on the left thigh of Dallas Mavericks star Luka Doncic revealed no damage, and a return to the lineup will come as the discomfort allows. Doncic will undergo treatment to alleviate the soreness, but he isn't expected to miss significant time. Good news for the Dallas Mavericks. Doncic indicated recently that his thigh began bothering him after the Mavericks win over the Spurs on February 23rd, saying he woke up that morning after the game with discomfort in his leg. He departed Wednesday's 113-106 loss at New Orleans in the third quarter because of that injury. On the hardwood, the Bucks and the Nets fought a tough battle. The Milwaukee Bucks continue to pile on the wins, this time at home against the Brooklyn Nets. My name's Kane Pittman. I'm the host of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Uh, no Giannis in this game again. He was on the sidelines. He did have a wrap on that wrist that has been bothering him. But you sense that it is more of a management thing at this point of the season. The Bucks understood they were playing a shorthanded Brooklyn team and they could probably get away with the win. It might have been closer than what we thought it would be, but it came down to an unbelievable performance from Brook Lopez, who continues an unbelievable season overall. He finished with 24 points, 10 rebounds, and a career-high 9 blocks in this game. It feels like it's a two-horse race between Brook Lopez and Jaron Jackson Jr. for the Defensive Player of the Year. Brook Lopez is 34. He had back surgery last year. He wasn't supposed to have this dominant of a season, and it begs the question, is he playing the best basketball of his lengthy, lengthy NBA career? And on the ice, the Dallas Stars... Wait, is this right? They scored 10 goals? And, yeah, I mean, they beat the Buffalo Sabres easily. The Dallas Stars put on an absolute offensive clinic in New York on Thursday night, beating the Buffalo Sabres 10 to 4. Hey, everybody, this is Dane Lewis with the Lockdown Stars podcast. And we just witnessed one of the most insane games you'll ever see where the Dallas Stars scored, yes, 10 goals as the road team against the Buffalo Sabres. They got goals from Wyatt Johnston, Joe Pavelski, Jamie Benn, Yoel Kiviranta, Ryan Suter, Evgeny Dodonov, Roddick Foxa twice, Rope Hintz, and Mason Marchman. An all-around offensive dominant performance. I mean, there's starting off a six-game road trip on the right foot with a win, and then there's what the Stars did on Thursday night in Western New York. And normally, if you see a team score four goals like the Buffalo Sabres did, you said, hey, they probably gave themselves a pretty good shot to win. And that's just not the case. The Stars put their foot on the pedal from the get-go in this game and did not lay off. 
there's another story you need to know. Before the madness, we get conference tournaments, which I don't know, insane asylum. Like it, it's it's crazy <laughs> in its own way to be sure. We already had some fun stuff happen on Thursday night. Number six, Marquette needed overtime to beat St. John's. Iowa State took down number 10, Baylor. It was a fun Thursday night and we are only just getting started. Isaac Shade from Locked On College Basketball joins me now. And, and Isaac, what, is, what has stood out to you so far in these conference tournaments? And, and it feels like we have a lot of options. Is it player, team? Like, what, what is the thing that is standing out to you the most? Well, to this point, Peter, it's the fact that a lot of the bubble teams aren't rising to the occasion to stake mm. their claim and say, put me in selection committee. I want to <laughs> play uh, in, over the course of the next three weeks. I mean, you got Michigan losing to Rutgers on Thursday, NIT. Preseason number one, North Carolina loses to Virginia, although pretty much Armando Baycottless, NIT. Wisconsin lost to Ohio State, NIT. Nevada, San Jose, and San Jose State, NIT. So, Peter, what it is also is a reminder that anyone thinking about trying to expand this tournament beyond these middling bubble teams is a goober, quite frankly. Yeah, NIT, how about NOT on uh, college basketball tournament expansion? Let's not do yes. that. Um, but plenty still to be determined here. I think it is it is reasonable to say we could be talking about um, number one seeds on the line, especially with what happens in the Big 12 tournament. Texas has a chance right. to stake its claim. What do you have your eye on as we head toward the weekend in these conference tournaments with the understanding that these mean a lot when it comes to seeding and just who gets into the big dance. Well, that's exactly where I want to go, Peter, is, is the number one line. I will be watching Alabama mm. because prior to the news breaking about Brandon Miller's involvement, and we'll leave that whole discussion for another day and another time. We've had them on the show. Yes. Exactly. Alabama was beating its SEC opponents by over 20 points a game before that. In the game since, it is, they, they've won by like three and five and two and then lost to Texas A&M. This is Alabama is not playing the same way it was earlier. Coincidence or the heaviness of what's been going on? I don't know, but I am watching Alabama. Keep in mind is just starting their part of the SEC tournament on Friday against Mississippi State, who almost lost to Colin Castletonless Florida on Thursday. Can Alabama regain part of what it had been in just dominating its way through the SEC? I'm keeping my eye closely on that, as well as another number one potential in UCLA. I had them potentially as the fourth number one seed prior to the news that Jalen Clark would not be participating in the Pac-12 tournament or the NCAA tournament. The fact that UCLA uh, allowed that news to slip, I know they didn't uh, announce it themselves, but boy, that is going to hurt their cause with the selection committee. And so I'll be watching Purdue or maybe Texas, as you said, to slip in as that fourth number one. The other part of this that is fascinating to me is, is there a team that is going to show me like you can be Houston because that is who everyone is gunning for right now. You look at the AP top 25, um, 58 first place votes for Houston. Only UCLA also got first place votes in the coaches poll, 29 first place votes for Houston. Only Kansas got votes in that one. It, it, it is, it is a little strange for a, quote unquote, mid-major team to be this dominant, but that is who they are. It is all of this warranted to you? 
Yes, it absolutely is. Because keep in mind, Peter, let's let's pretend we're looking at a different calendar. If this was next year, we wouldn't be saying this because Houston would be in the Big 12 already. Yep. And we wouldn't be saying, oh, it's a mid-major team. They're not. These are grown men that Kelvin Sampson has <laughs> playing at a high level. Keep in mind, even last year when they lost Marcus Sasser, who was their best player? They still figured out how to put it together and make a run. This Houston Cougars team is for real. Stay up to date all year on college basketball by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On College Basketball on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, the Suns can survive without Kevin Durant, but can they thrive? Have you ever needed to look something up and not wanted any record of it? You know, for reasons. You can imagine what they are. I know most of you are probably thinking, why don't you just use incognito mode? Let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. It doesn't matter who your internet service provider is. ISPs in the US can legally sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, you don't even realize ExpressVPN is on. It runs seamlessly in the background and is so easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by Business Insider. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash locked, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash locked. Expressvpn.com slash locked to learn more. When the Phoenix Suns acquired Kevin Durant, he was hurt. He finally emerged from his cocoon to give the Suns three glorious games. And now he's back in his cocoon. Brendan Clean from Locked on Suns sees the Suns surviving without him. It's just we know what this team is going to look like. Make your open corner threes. That's the offense now. <laughs> just make those. And it's we don't. It's not like we don't know how this team meshes anymore. We know what it looks like. You're going to get doubled. Both going to get doubled. Make your open corner three. Like that's just what it's going to be from now on. Just do that. <laughs> it is. It is what that's what it's going to be. But like, if you just take a second, do you realize how crazy that is? What that says <laughs> about the guys on the court and how seamless this has been like I knew it would be seamless like I had really no doubts that's why I didn't even really talk about the offensive end all that much I just wanted to see what it would look like I didn't have a lot of concerns about if it would work but still like (laughs) to just be at a point after one week where we're like "Eh, nah like give him a couple (laughs) games in April last weekend of the season put him out there give him some tune-ups and then, uh, yeah, they'll probably, like, you know, win the first round in six games. Like, what? That's crazy <laughs> that that it already feels that good with how well these guys have clicked together. The Suns can survive without Kevin Durant. They've been surviving, but this trade was made to do more than just survive. This trade was made so they can thrive, so they can go do something that they were unable to do two seasons ago against the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals, win a title. And as seamless as it has looked, early on with Kevin Durant. He just walked right into this offense looking like Kevin Durant. 
There's still plenty that they have to figure out with rotations, with chemistry. And I'm talking playoff rotations. I'm talking playoff chemistry. This stuff tends to take time. And when you don't have the reps together, it's really difficult to find those chemistry building moments where you're in it together, where you understand, okay, with two minutes left in a four-point game, what do we want to do? What do we want to run? What is the best thing for the team? Those sorts of muscle memory type problems can't be solved if everyone's not on the floor. And right now, unfortunately, everyone's not. And finally, the leader of the Players' Championship after one round is Chad Ramey. I might have made it look that way, but it wasn't easy at all, Ramey said after the round. It was fun. First time to shoot a score on such an iconic course like this. You can't ask for any more. TBC Sawgrass rarely produces surprises, but Ramey is certainly that. In his 28 starts since his first career win at the Corrales Punta Cana Championship, yes, that is a real event, Ramey has missed 18 cuts and failed to finish in the top 20 in the tournament he's made the cut in. Can he hold on? One shot behind him, Colin Morikawa, a multi-time major winner. It would be an incredible story if he could hold on. Day one, pretty good day. Eight under par, but we've seen plenty of times. 17th green on a Saturday, on a Sunday. The pressure hits different. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up Monday, who will win the men's NCAA tournament? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.